0: when the sun rises i wake up and chase my dreams i won't regret when the sun sets because i live my life like i'm a beast what up you're listening to the lifestyle practice podcast
1: welcome back to another episode of justin short's mini series the lifestyle practice and all that it entails um today we're going to talk about marketing we had two great episodes on the customer service, full experience at Justin's office. And now we're going to talk about you know how does he attract those new patients um, up until the point to get them the phone call. So you started off the section of the course talking about your first coach early on. Would you mind kind of sharing that with our audience?
0: Story about my first coach. I first hired Bill Blatchford. Um, and this is probably 11 years ago now when I had the practice before the one I'm at now when I first met him, uh, we were sitting there talking and he asked how many new patients I was getting a month. And it was like 25 or 30. And how much was I producing off that? And I was around 600, 650,000. Um, and he said, well, if that was my practice. It'd be doing 1.5 to $2 million. And I was like, it just, I don't know. It just really took me back. He wasn't bragging. Um, You know, he wasn't trying to like show off for me. I think he was just stating a fact. And, you know, I've also now that I've kind of gone through the process and I built up my practices and um, I feel like I have a, a decent handle on how to do that. You know, I've said very similar things to my own clients these days, because once you have the skills in place of how to grow and run a practice, it's no longer a game of chance in my mind. It's a certain amount of new patients with a certain skill set by the doctor, and we're not just talking dental skills, will yield a certain amount of production. And it's very replicatable if you know the right things to do and if you actually do them.
1: I think the key there is the the right set of skills that are not clinical. I I don't think we've talked about one clinical thing really this whole mini-series, and I don't think we're going to. And so how do you start off your marketing when you're trying to get these new patients? If you had to boil it down to like one key thing,
0: if I had to boil it down, it would be, you have to be unique and you have to stand out from the crowd in some way. It doesn't need to be huge, but you need to get that metaphorical patient to stop and look at your material a little bit differently than they look at everyone else's. You know, if you fail to distinguish yourself in your practice, you're going to fail to attract new patients. And, you know, I think the worst thing you can do is try to be like everyone else and do the same thing everyone else does. And the good thing is it's really easy to be different because almost everyone does the same thing. You know, they'll send out those mailers with the same freaking family on it. And it's just, it's just get tossed in the trash. So you got to be unique.
1: Absolutely. I'm with you. And um, you talk about warm and cold leads and warming up. Those leads, Can you kind of elaborate on, on how you do that through your marketing?
0: Yeah. Well, cold leads would be, to me, someone who doesn't um, know anything about your practice or you, but they fumble across either your marketing material or your website or whatever. Um, as they get more attracted to it, perhaps by social validation, via reviews or referrals, or your team talking good about you, the lead or the patient gets warmed up. I want the patient to be as warm as possible by the time I meet them in a non-provocative way, as that kind of sounded.
1: Yeah, no, we're talking about warm and cold leads here. And, uh, you know, talking about a warm lead, how do you turn, you know, a cold lead over into a warm lead?
0: I think the more your marketing speaks directly to that person and resonates with them or helps them solve their problem. Whatever problem that is, maybe it's just they just need a new dentist. Maybe they got a toothache. Maybe it's they need a new smile. Whatever it is, the more you can speak directly to them, the warmer they're going to get.
1: And so, how do you find those things that speak directly to that person
0: that resonates with them? It's tough, George. It's really tough. You ask them. I ask every new patient. You know, they're sitting in my chair. We're talking. Um, we're building rapport for just a couple minutes. How did they end up at our office? And You know, they may say mailers, they may say reviews, they may say blah, blah, blah. And then I follow it up with why did they choose our office? Because we're very glad that they did. You know, I'm sure that, you know, let's say they say insurance. I'm sure there are 20 dentists in our area that accept their insurance. I'm sure my mailer isn't the only one they've gotten this week. I want to know what specifically spoke to them so I can continually refine my marketing to be more effective. You know, and I think asking them, um, you know, for whatever reason, these dentists, we don't like to ask these questions, but I think asking them actually adds value to the patient. It shows you give a darn. Not many dentists are asking their patients these questions. Most just show up and, hey, I'm Dr. So-and-so. Let's look at your teeth. This is what you need. Peace out. So once you've asked these questions for a while, you know, you've, consistently been asking your new patients these questions, you're gonna to start to see trends. For instance, I noticed a lot of people mentioning, if If I noticed a lot of people mentioning our reviews or the hours were open, I'm gonna make sure that we're at the top of our game when it comes to getting those reviews. And then I would also mention those types of things in our mailer or our marketing material or our websites, like check out our online reviews or great convenient hours. It's really not rocket science, but so few offices do these simple things that will allow them to refine their marketing over time so that their marketing becomes more effective and they're getting the same or better results with less of a monetary investment. And kind of going back to your previous question about warming up leads, um, reviews or referrals are great ways to warm up patients. You know, give some them social validation. They see all, that a lot of other people have had a great experience at your office. So they think they probably will too. I think reviews add gasoline to whatever marketing marketing you're already doing. And you know, I, I think we touched on this I don't a previous episode, but when patients see your good reviews, they go in expecting good things. Just like when you read good reviews on movies or restaurants or books or whatever, you go in expecting good things. And why not make it easier on yourself as a dentist to give them a good experience? And why not make it easier for your patients to have a good experience? You know, that's what I'm trying to do every day.
1: I want to touch on that point of perception a little bit more. It's a topic that we discuss. Um, is that a good place to go into that here?
0: Yeah. Um, to me, marketing is all about perception because perception is reality. If you want a certain type of new patient, you need to market yourself as the authority for that in your area. You know, I can't prove that I'm the best cosmetic dentist in St. Louis, but I get a lot of patients coming to me thinking that I am and come to me for cosmetic stuff based upon how I've projected our office. And I think he or she who markets the best often wins. You can't worry if you're going to step on someone's toes like, oh, I don't want other dentists to see that I'm saying good stuff about my office to patients or offend you can't worry about offending your competition in your marketing. you know, I'm, I'm not gonna put stuff out like, hey, Dr. Smith down the street, does horrible dentistry. but I'm not gonna be uh, I'm not gonna hold back on telling why my office is so great either. You know, you have to do you and not worry about your competition. Make them worry about you. So finally, in, in regards to warming up leads, <clears throat> we've already talked about this, but whoever's answering your phone needs to say something good about people in your office and your hygienist or your assistant, whoever's seeing the patient first needs to say something good about you. And those are also fantastic ways to warm your patients up.
1: I like that. I, you know, that's something we talked about before, but it kind of all works together and you know, the, how well your office runs is how much ROI you get and all these things are interrelated. So thank you for bringing up something from a previous episode. Um, that is relevant here, but going back to the point on marketing, let's talk about specific types of marketing. You know, we've talked about the overarching theme. Um, you know, what are you trying to do specifically to okay. get people in office?
0: Sure. Well, I guess let's, let's start at websites. You know, I think to me, like anymore, and I know this this would be blasphemy to to some people, but I don't think websites do a huge part in bringing patients to your office. You have to have one. Um, everyone needs one. Um, but for the most part, they all look the same. You know, I think the copy on your website needs to be conversation style, not a bunch of dental terms. Um, think about it from the aspect of if you were looking for a new office, what would make you choose one office over another? What are the words patients are using when you ask them the questions we just went over? Um, and how can you work them into the copy on your site? You know, don't get your ideas from other run-of-the-mill dental sites telling about fillings and crowns. That's going to do nothing to get patients in your door. I've never had a single patient in 12 years of practicing that has come to me saying, I chose your office because you had such great information about root canals in your office. Like, that stuff, it just doesn't matter. But we all think we need it. Try to tap into things that really motivate your patients, like asking what would motivate you don't use companies that crank out dental sites by the dozen because you're gonna look end up looking like everyone else so again going back to the, the one of the first things you asked me you got to be unique you got to be different don't worry about not being like everyone else it's actually gonna set you apart next thing you know for me I think is Google reviews right now I think that's where it's at if I could only choose one way to market my office right now it would be through a lot of five-star. Google reviews and we get no better ROI on anything else these days at the very minimum. If I ask 10 patients, you know, like I said, I ask every new patient comes to my office. How'd you hear about us? How'd you end know up here? Why did, why did you choose us? Um, eight out of 10 of them are going to mention reviews and eight actually might even be the low. And I think for the most of the country, Google is king and one five-star Google review is worth 10 other reviews from other sites in my, in my opinion, you know, I think like some of those outside services that will help you get reviews. Like if they're not feeding them to Google, pick another one. You know, I think, I don't know. I don't want to like toss any names out the bus here, but I know, I think one of the services funnels, all their reviews to like a rate of biz site. No one cares what a rate of biz reviews sounds says you could have a billion rate of view. I would rather have a hundred five-star Google reviews. It's just not the same. So now our reviews, going back to reviews, they may not be how they originally found us. You know, they may have gotten our mailer or they may have seen that we take their insurance. But then when they see our names in those places and they look us up and then they see all our reviews, it converts them. It warms them up. That's why I said, Good reviews on Google um, adds gasoline to everything else you're doing. You know, I may, like I said, I may be competing with 20 other dentists that take someone else's insurance within 10 miles of my office. But you put my reviews up to the other 19, and I'm gonna get the majority of all those patients because our reviews my reviews are blowing theirs away bottom line.
1: And you kind of talked on the point of reviews talking about consensus. And I think right. this is this is worth diving back into. Um, can you talk about consensus a little bit?
0: Yeah, I think in the course I talk about it um, the principle of consensus has to do with reducing people's uncertainties people and we all do it. we often look to others to see how we should feel about something and which in turn, if we see a lot of people having a great experience somewhere, it reduces our uncertainty and Here's another cool thing about reviews and and big businesses in the past have used this a lot. But every time someone writes or speaks something good about your office, it makes it more concrete to them and it creates brand loyalty. So you're not only helping yourself get more new patients by just getting the review, you're helping strengthen the feeling of the patients you already have, the ones who are writing it um, or telling other people about you. For instance, you know, let's say I just wrote a review about toothpaste, very interesting topic, um, or I just suggested it to someone else. Subconsciously, it's going to make it much more difficult for me, not impossible, but more difficult for me to go in to the store and pick a different brand off the shelf. You know, we want to be congruent in our own lives as well. So I want to do the same things for my patients. And I want loyal and raving fans. And I think reviews is a huge part of it on many different levels.
1: So we talked briefly about how not to get patients to leave reviews on those sites that don't use Google. How do you get them?
0: Again, like a lot of the things, you just have to ask for them consistently. Um, You have to have a system in place, whether it's you or your team just asking for them as we do. I hand them a card asking them for them, telling them, thank you. This is how they can do it. And me and my team... Are asking for reviews all day every day you know you don't hear it's like that's we're not being annoying about it just at the end of the appointment I'll say hey if you had a good experience we would really appreciate if you would do this for us um and it's a numbers game the more action you take the more results you're going to get if you ask for one a week you may not get one a week you know but if you're asking for five or ten a day you may get five a week um but you got to do it and thing is that people most people don't want to do it even though it costs i think most dentists if you had to go in for a week and ask every patient for reviews or you had to pay five thousand dollars to go to a ce course i think most are going to say i'll pay the five thousand dollars and go sit in the ce course because it's much more comfortable than doing but chances are it's going to have a much less effect on your office you got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone going back to the different types of marketing And I'd say next, you know, we talked about website, we talked about reviews, I'd say next would be referrals. And referrals produce the best patients, period. For most part, if you've been in practice long enough, you know your referrals are like the best patients. So just like with reviews, you have to ask for them. And you do it consistently. And yes, I get it's a little awkward at first, but after a few days of doing it over and over, it's no big deal. And it pays off. We also give patients $25 gift cards for every referral. Honestly, I would send them $50 or $100 if I had to. And we let them know ahead of time that we'll be sending the gift cards And because I want their referrals. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm not going to be annoying about it, but I'm going to ask for them and leave it there. Next, I would say for me, as far as marketing, I would probably say mailers. And this is really the only, I'd say, traditional marketing we do anymore. And I think for most of the country, it's a good place to start. If you use the principles we've discussed already in just a short amount of time, uh, being unique, asking patients why they chose you, and then using that intel in your marketing, I think you're going to be successful. And true story, a lot of the most successful practices I know do the most mailers. You know, you can poo-poo them if you want, but in most areas, a well-done, unique mailer with several offers on it is going to give good results.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. You know, people talk about how mailers are dying and all that, but every very successful dentist I know does a large amount of external marketing through direct mail. Yep. And before we, I, I want to talk about direct mail a little bit, but before we do, I want to go back to the point that you made about referrals. They produce yep. the best patients. Um, that's, right. that's huge, you know, and I think that's worth emphasizing again. You know, referrals are so big because as we talk about warm and cold leads, that's the warmest possible lead you could get. Um, as a new patient, and so I think that's a great point you made. And um, do you have anything to add about referrals before we move on to mailers?
0: No, I I agree with you. But I think like everything else in your practice, you have to be intentional, intentional about getting them. You know, if you never mention anything about referrals in your office, you're going to get some patients that refer their friends or family. It's just going to happen through osmosis. But the more intentional, the more action you take, the more you're going to get. And those, like you said, they're the best patients.
1: And then, you know, for an office that maybe, maybe you like, you know, the the practice I'm looking at maybe has um, a bit more of a new patient flow than other practices. So my capacity for more new patients coming right in isn't as great as it could be. Um, So, you know, I really want to harp on those referrals because those are the patients that will give me the biggest, you know, production bump for a set number of new patients. Anyway, I'll move on. Um, I just thought it was worth mentioning.
0: So and it was George.
1: It was. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it. <laughs> so we talk about um, being unique, and right. I, I want to talk about how you are unique through your mailer. Yes, yeah. everyone does mailers,
0: right? And none of them are unique. I actually, if you Google, uh, it's funny because I've done this before. Like if you Google um, like top producing mailers or unique mailers or outside the box mailers or some search term mailers, and you do Google images. It's still like even when you're looking for differences, it's still like the same mailer for like pages after pages after pages. And it's like it's a family and it's all come out smile and come in. We'll give you a great smile. They're just so vanilla and they they are all just so similar. So I tell, um, you know, every one of my clients like we'll work on a, a concept or idea. But if you're not going to be unique, I just tell them like don't even do it. Don't even just save your money. Don't waste your time. Unless you want to be different, you can put up five mailers from dentists, and then you pick something that's just totally off the wall different. That's how I want to approach. But going back for an example, I'll just give you the one, the, the mailer we're using right now. So at the top, it says, sorry, in pretty big letters and um, with an exclamation point, then it goes on to list several reasons why patients shouldn't come to our office because we do Sarek. We do office, our crowns in office for the most part. Um, that's kind of what we're playing off of. You know, It says, sorry. If you like nasty impressions, if you like wearing temporaries for two weeks, if you like having to make two trips and taking off work twice, you yeah. know, we try to make it sound as bad as possible. Like they're going to die. Um, <laughs> Which they are. Then, Right. Then we're like, sorry, then we're not the office for you. But, and then it goes on to say like, you know, if you like everything done in one appointment, um, then we list, you know, the benefits there, then you will love us. Um, But I mean, the thing is, it's just a little bit different. It's not like, it's not like God's gift to marketing, but people see sorry, and then they see this dental office listing reasons why they shouldn't come in. Like it gets them to stop and pause for at least a couple seconds while they're standing at the trash can, getting ready to toss other direct mail in the trash. And as they're reading through it, they're also thinking, you know, putting in their memory bank, like, hey, I can get my crown done on an appointment. My dentist who's 95 years old, like, takes him three weeks. I'm gonna check out this guy. That would be just one example that we're using right now. But it doesn't have to be that, but it has to be different.
1: Absolutely, and to wrap up, Mailer's Um, You know, you don't have to get a crazy conversion rate to be successful. I think it's like, what, a quarter to half percent is pretty, you know, acceptable with mailers, and doing those things is going to obviously make you more conversion. But, you know, I I think it's just such a solid marketing medium that it was good that we talked about it. When you talked about mailers, something piqued my interest, you know, for our listeners who listen to my episode, season two, episode nine with Richard, um, we talk about, uh, like, natural barriers, and you talk about imaginary hurdles. Can you talk about that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So one thing we noticed, and I wasn't even looking for this, um, but tracking our marketing, we started to notice this. And we, were our offices, is, we're about, um, I don't know, half mile, mile west of a big highway going through St. Louis. So when I would send out mailers, we would either do like, you know, the closest 5,000 people making $60,000 a year and just do a big circle. And, you know, part of our circle would cross that highway and go over to subdivisions and neighborhoods over there. And some of it would be on our side. And what I noticed is that I would get a lot less patients from the other side of the highway, even though let's say their house could be, you know, because someone's house on the other side of the highway could just be, let's say a mile away, mile and a half away. And I have a much better chance of getting someone to drive three miles and not have to cross the highway than coming that one mile or mile and a half. But having to cross that highway, even though there's a big, large overpass, it's not difficult to do. There is just something about having, you know, it's just subconscious. Having to cross that highway is just a big thing. And it's not always a highway. It could be like a bridge or an overpass or... You know, body of water, whatever, um, even though if it's easy to navigate, you got to look, and at least keep an eye on it to see if that affects your conversion. I'm not saying I don't advertise. Speaking of the dentists, I wouldn't say don't advertise to them, but especially in the beginning as you're starting it out, I would be looking to see if there's a difference in conversion for you to make sure that you're maximizing your ROI. I
1: think that's a big point. And I talk about it in my episode in terms of finding a practice and using a highway as a way to shield you from more competitive areas with more commercial real estate. Right. Um, but I think it, you know, from a practice owner's perspective, already being in the location, you know, marketing to those areas would not be as effective. And I also talk about it in Ike's episode mm-hmm. that, um, you know, where he found a practice in Scottsdale and the the freeway actually was very helpful for him because it, you know shielded him from a more competitive area. Anyway, right. I will move on. You know, I think we hit on the major ones and I think we're good to move on. I'm going to get a little personal with you if you don't mind. Um, How many new patients do you get a month and kind of what is your marketing Mm budget?
0: I'd say first, George, you can ask anything you want. Feel comfortable there. Doesn't mean I'll answer it, but feel, feel free to fire away. No, but I want to be an open book to you and your listeners. So that's, if we're not going to be an open book, there's really no point in doing this series that we're doing. So I'd say, Right now, we get a little bit of north of 50 patients a month. I think we're like 54 um, average a month. Our advertising budget actually now is pretty low. It's going down every year. It wasn't always this slow. At this point in the practice, because of everything we've put into place over the years, um, we rely heavily on referrals and reviews, which give us better patients at a lower monetary cost. Um, I'll still do mailers about three times a year just to kind of continually keep that pump prime. To me, there's just very little downside to doing that. But if we weren't getting the new patients, we are, you know, I would not hesitate for a second to increase our marketing budget, increase it big. You cannot be afraid to advertise. Like I said, the most successful practices I know are the ones that their marketing budget is the highest and they market the most and then they capitalize on what they get from that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate the honest answer and also the offer to ask you more maybe uncomfortable questions. So here I go. Okay. Um, so you talk about, you know, your marketing, uh, what kind of monthly production in adjusted PPO fees does that kind of, you know, marketing happen and then, you know, how many days do you work
0: per month? Um, yeah, so right now I think our average month is about between one hundred thirty-five and one hundred forty thousand production, and again, that's on our PPO fee schedules, which are in the computer. So that's not by our UCR. If um, if we went by UCR fees, we probably would be closer up to the one hundred seventy mark, and we would just have more write-offs. Personally, for me, and I can't remember if we've gone through this or we'll go through this in another episode, but we spent the time to put our PPO fees in the computer because. I never wanted that false sense of security. I never wanted to have a big day, you know, or see the big numbers on the computer and at the end of the day realize, oh, yeah, but I can only collect on um, 60% of that or 70% of that because I have to write it off. So we just put that 60 or 70% number in there of our PVO fees. And then I know exactly where I'm at. So at the end of the day, if it we says we produce 13,000, I know that's 13,000 that can be collected upon. So your question. Yeah. So we do probably between average 135 and 140. I would say that's average. And June last month was the last month we finished. I think we were at 152.5. And I work on average 10 days a month. Uh, I think last year I worked at at 120 days for the year. So I think that comes out to 10 days a month. But we work, we've we put the things in place to be able to do that. didn't happen overnight. So I don't want anybody to get discouraged or anything like that. It's definitely possible, but it just, um, successful practices are built daily, not in a day.
1: I like that quote. So you worked 120 days in a year. So there must be like, what, 240 days in a year. I mean, there's no way that you're, you know, you're working a third of the time. Um, that's pretty insane anyway. No. I, uh, but I think that's kind of your whole, everything we've done and front loading that process and getting it done is what allows that to happen. And I think our listeners see that by now. Good. So if we had to boil all this marketing down to a couple of things, you know, some key points, why don't we just go ahead and leave them with some, you know, when we talk about these dense topics, we like to leave them with uh, some kind of a summary. So why don't you go ahead and go through a list of, you know, things that are kind of important that they should remember?
0: Okay. Um, first I think we touched on it earlier in, in this uh, session is be unique. You have to set yourself apart. Don't be afraid to be different. Next would be do your own market research in your office. And you do that by asking patients how they found you and why they chose you. And remember it's, it might be, feel weird at first to ask them that, but it adds value to your patients. They're killing two birds with one stone there. Um, Another thing, I don't think we touched on it, but I think it's very important in marketing is to include an offer in every piece of marketing you do. I don't care what it is. Make sure there's some type of offer on there that pulls them in. You don't want to just, you know, you're not Coca-Cola. You don't want to just try to brand yourself and just have your name out there. You want something that says, okay, hey, I need to go see Dr. Short because of this offer and can come in and get my teeth cleaned and or get a whitening or blah, blah, blah for this. Um, I'm going to take advantage of it. So it just creates urgency and pushes people to action. Uh, mm-hmm. Number, I don't know, I would say track your marketing. Don't ever just keep throwing good money after bad. You need to track not only how many patients you're getting from each marketing medium you're using, but also how much are those patients spinning in your office once they're in. So you may notice for example, you know, from every new patient that comes in via X, you make $300. And you may notice every patient that you get from marketing medium Y, you get $900. But you get 2 to 1. You know, you get 2 of X and for only 1 Y. But at the end of the day, where does who makes more money? The patient's coming from why. So you need to track those things so you can continually refine. You know, your marketing next year should be give you a higher ROI and be more effective than this year. And so on down the line. So five years from now, you've really got it dialed in. And you're not having to spend as much and you're getting more new patients. Next, I would say, is you actually have to market. You know, I can't count... How many times docs have contacted me and complained about a low new patient flow and come to find out they're spending like $200 to support a local little league team. And they wonder why they're not getting any patients like you have to market. Um, You don't have to spend a billion dollars. You probably have to spend some money. If you don't have the money, like absolutely don't have it. Like if I market, I'm not going to be able to pay my bills this month. My kids will starve. Then you need to figure out how to up your game in the office with reviews and referrals, and you better become the best at asking for them. But you got to figure it out. You've got to market. And I'd say finally, remember, in my opinion, reviews and referrals are where it's at and will always give the best ROI. Those would be my bullet points. Yeah,
1: and I think just kind of wrapping up that last point, you know, the internal marketing is great and it will give you the best ROI. It's just if you need more new patients and you have extra capacity, then you start going external. Right, yeah. And I think, I think that covers it really well. Um, I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. I thought it was fantastic. And again, I mean, Justin's just kind of heading out of the park with these. So we're going to keep them rolling. And we'll have some great topics for you guys to come. Have a great week. Thanks, G. Just G, huh?
0: And that's all I had time for. I didn't know if you were going to cut me off.
1: I will. Don't worry. All right. We'll see you guys next yeah.
0: time. Bye. Without a net, never break a sweat, cause I live my life, like it's all I got.